Hi guys, welcome back to a new episode of our podcast where today we're going to be discussing the hashtag not all men movement. I'm Tiffany. I'm Amy. And I'm Amelie. And on the topic of 21st century feminism, many are still quick to assume that we don't need feminism anymore because we're already equal. One could say that this is an incredibly naive and ignorant statement. When 12 million girls will become child brides in 2021 alone, a quarter of women in India will be subjected to domestic violence. One in five American women will be raped and only 1.7% of reported rapes will actually be prosecuted across England and Wales. Furthermore, belittling feminism and its cause is effectively belittling anyone who has been subject to discrimination for something as simple as their gender, or indeed their race, sexuality, or religious beliefs. The radical stigma surrounding feminism is now further prohibiting women from their voices being heard, and is what allows what we're going to discuss throughout this episode to take place. So first I'm going to be talking about encounters that we may have had with sexism or sexism that's still ongoing. Although we have the vote, legal abortion in the UK and the right to wear trousers, there are still many issues, although seemingly small, that remain unresolved and not spoken widely enough about. For example, why am I expected to have smooth shaven skin, be skinny and sporting a golden tan all year round? Why are women still expected to wear bras but judged even when they do? Why do I feel like I can't talk about my period in front of men? Why are pads and tampons still so expensive? And why are we shrouded by gender stereotypes even within the workplace? So have you guys ever experienced any form of gender discrimination or stereotypes? So even at our school, we have some rules. For example, our skirts have to be a certain length. Otherwise, they're going to be deemed inappropriate. I think to some extent, I believe that rules are in place to help us and make sure that we're not subject to anything that we aren't comfortable with. But at the same time, it really brings to the question, why are girls forced to change what they want to do or what to wear because they're afraid that men can't control themselves? Following on from that, I think it's really strange how we have prescribed sport sports that we have to wear during sport. However, even though that school issued uniform, we're not allowed to walk around the school campus. We aren't allowed to wear them without wearing our tracksuits. And I think the whole concept is really bizarre. The school has provided us with school uniform, and yet they don't think it's appropriate. So I think it's really not fair for these teachers and people of authority telling us that what we're wearing is inappropriate when they're the ones who, get, who told us we had to wear it. On the subject of uniform, our school, similar to other schools, changes our uniform at sixth form, and we have the opportunity to either pick wearing a skirt or trousers, whereas when we're younger in the school, so year seven, we're not allowed to wear trousers, we have to wear skirts because that's part of the uniform. And what I think is interesting is that they think that suddenly when we reach the age of 17, we're able to decide whether we prefer to wear trousers or a skirt, but then when we're younger, that decision is made for us. We have to wear a skirt because we're girls and that's what girls wear. But when you're old enough, maybe you can decide you don't want to wear a skirt because you're a big girl now and you can wear whatever you want. I think, and also a gender stereotype that's present in many girls' households is that the, your parents expect you to act a certain way. They say you have to walk a certain way, you have to sit a certain way, otherwise you're not ladylike. And I think that's a real stereotype is they have this preconceived notion of what a girl should act like and a girl should look like. But it's why do we have to conform to that? Why can't I walk however I want and not be told, oh, you don't want to walk like that. No one's going to fancy you if you walk like that. It's not ladylike. I think it's really parents try to force on these expectations onto their kids and not realizing how damaging they can be. I think even with 
something as simple as your haircut, your parents can go, especially remember when I was younger, my mum used to go, don't cut your hair short, you'll look like a boy, or you can't have it that way, you can't wear that, because you'll look too much like a boy, or you're such a tomboy, why are you doing that, as though it's a bad thing to have your hair the way that you want to wear it. And I think also talking about the expectations that men have on girls and how they expect us to be a certain way, look a certain way, and to do everything that might not even be comfortable for us or do things that we don't want to, but we feel as though we have to because that's the way society is like, and that's the way men brand us as people. I would say also there's an expectation around shaving and body hair. I mean, even male members of my family have talked about oh, how you have to shave because it's disgusting if you don't shave. Or there's a big stigma that boys have against body hair. And it's really annoying because A, it takes so long to shave. Shaving is really annoying. And second of all, they don't even shave themselves. And it's as though if we said to them, oh, you have to shave. I don't like how your chest looks with hair. They would get really offended and say that you can't tell me what to do and stuff like this. Whereas when they say, oh, you need to shave your armpits, you need to shave your legs, you're expected to immediately have to transform your body to how they would prefer to see it. Yeah, I think there is definitely an unspoken expectation that men have on women that don't necessarily transcribe, as it were, the other way around. For example, we can't expect much of boys to do this or do that based on our likings or preferences. Whereas, to be honest, that takes up a lot of thought for girls because men have so many expectations. They want you to do things in a certain way. Also, kind of following on from that, I think that in society, people expect girls to do things for a guy. So even family members will say, if I do something they don't like, they'll say, don't do that. You'll never find a boyfriend if you act like that. Oh, you won't look pretty if you do that. As if that's my main concern in life is to find a boyfriend or be pretty or deem acceptable by the men. And I think that it's this kind of preconceived notion that what we do in life is all just based on trying to please the men in society. These topics have become more prevalent recently as Sarah Everard went missing on the 3rd of March in South London when she was walking from her friend's house in her home in Brixton. And horrifyingly, her body was found in a Kent woodland with a member of the Metropolitan Police currently being held, who's suspect of her kidnap and murder. And what's interesting is that she wore bright clothes and comfortable shoes and she walked on well-lit main roads and she even called her partner on her route home. And I think this issue really highlighted that women do not feel safe walking home and over half the population is making a conscious effort not to be assaulted or abducted at all times. And Sarah should have felt safe to walk home as she, even though she followed all the rules to ensure it, the streets continue to be a really dangerous place for women. And even if you practice hypervigilance, you'll still be at risk or you'll feel as though you're at risk to male predators. So how did this event impact you? Well, I definitely think there was a huge uproar because everyone was sort of just disgusted by everything that happened. I think what made this event more significant than other kidnapping cases was that the kidnapper was a part of the Metropolitan Police Force, and he was the one supposedly who is protecting people in our society and protecting women, yet he was the one that killed her. So it really begs the question, why should we feel safe in front of the police if police are bad people too who could kidnap us? 
I think also for a lot of people, this story kind of hit closer to home, as many of us have been to Clapham. Some of us lived there, like walked where she was kidnapped. And the idea that that could have been me is something that's quite harrowing and kind of scary. I would say living in London myself, this issue is really poignant, especially among my family members. My mum, after the event, made sure to sit me down and have a talk about how it's really important to be safe when walking home or I shouldn't walk home alone in the dark or after a certain time because she's worried that I'm going to become a victim to assault. So bringing back the notion of clothing and the expectation of what women should wear, Sarah as I described before, she was wearing what would be seen as non-provocative clothing. And the fact that she has to even think about what she's wearing when walking home, the protocol that women are expected to abide by if they want to avoid any harmful encounters is frankly disgusting. I think it's so bad that women are expected that they can't wear heels or they can't wear a skirt or they need to wear bright clothing so that people can see them is really upsetting. And I think it's weird that how society expects us women, it's our role to try and stop us getting assaulted. How come it's our duty to kind of make sure that we aren't in put in harm's way? The assaulters who are the problem, not us, not what we wear, not what we, how we act. We shouldn't have to try and, you know, follow a certain set of rules, make sure we do the right things to stop us being assaulted. We shouldn't have to adapt ourselves and our actions to try and be safe. Yeah, and often I think stories like this of men assaulting women, you know, their argument or excuses often, she was wearing something that provoked me or she was asking for it because she was wearing something that didn't cover up her fully. Frankly, I think that is the worst excuse that anyone could make. I think there's a mindset in a lot of males that believe that they're right and they didn't do anything wrong because the woman asked for it or they did things on purpose. So I really feel like people, especially men, need to be educated on the fact that women can wear what they want and most often they're not they're not wearing these clothes for a boy. They're wearing it for themselves, for self-confidence, etc. And I think guys just need to understand that no one is asking for anything. If they don't feel comfortable, you shouldn't go up to them and do whatever you want because at the end of the day, it's not your body. You have no right to do so. And on the subject of precautions that women take to avoid assault or incidents such as this, do you guys feel that you take any precautions to avoid being a victim of a similar incident? I mean, I definitely think that for me and people around me, we all have to take into some consideration what we're going to wear. And if it's considered, you know, a bit too showy or some things like this, because we're afraid that perhaps men are going to do things to us or even just catcall us. Yeah, and I personally feel that I don't feel comfortable walking by myself at night in the dark because I just don't feel like safe and I don't trust that nothing's going to happen to me. And I think it's one of those things where even when we, even in broad daylight, if I'm out with my friends and I may be wearing a dress or a short skirt, I'm very, very aware of the men around me. I'm very aware every single time I walk past like a pub or a bar and there's loads of men sitting outside, I'm suddenly so aware of my surroundings and I actively try and speed up, not avoid all eye contact, because I don't feel comfortable and I'm scared. Even if they don't physically do something, maybe they just say something or look at me, it makes me feel uncomfortable and I I try and actively avoid it. I think the fact that 
I feel more comfortable going out in a hoodie than something that shows my arms or something that shows my legs is so abhorrent that I have to think about what I'm wearing all the time or I feel more comfortable wearing something that covers more of my body, even if it's boiling hot outside or I want to wear a dress or I want to wear a skirt. I try to wear bigger, more baggy clothing to cover up my body with the aim of not scaring off, but deterring male predators. So this takes us on to the topic of the not all men movement. So if you're unaware of what the hashtag not all men movement is like, it usually plays out like this. So a woman on social media or verbally could say, I've been catcalled multiple times, I was groped on public transport, or I was groped by my brother's older friend. And a man would reply, it's really important to reiterate that not all men are like this, and most men would never do this. And I know that I certainly wouldn't do anything like this. And aren't you, the woman, being sexist and assuming that all men behave like this? And we know that not every single man is responsible for participating in the not all men movement. But it doesn't really clarify anything saying that not all men do this. All it does is derail and dismiss the lived experiences of women and girls. And what the men who leap remind us that not all men are like that are actually saying is that I'm not like that. They want to remove the blame from themselves or they're letting women know that discussing misogyny makes them uncomfortable. And they'd like to be absolved of any blame before they let women continue with their stories. And women undertook massive amounts of emotional labor and relieved personal trauma in sharing all their stories of sexual violence and assault on during the hashtag me too movement and then to ask us to congratulate the men who rush to tell us that they're different and they haven't done anything like that is so insulting the men who are behaving like allies in this are the ones who are amplifying women's voices the ones that are listening to us and by examining their own behavior and not drowning out our conversation in search of praise or validation it brings way more value to when women share their stories So what do you think about this movement? I definitely think that both arguments have a valid point. And often men, when they say, I'm not like this, that is valid. But I don't think that in this hashtag not all men movement, we're trying to accuse every single man in this population that they are predators or sexual assaulters. But I think we need to just bring to light that a lot of men are like this, frankly, and many of them don't admit it. So whilst a lot of people can be like, oh, I would never do that personally, instead of trying to take the blame off them and saying that it's not their fault, I think we all really need to be united in trying to get men to talk about this and solve the issue rather than putting the blame on everyone else. I also think that a lot of men kind of use that excuse that they say, you know, it's not all men, I would never do that as if it's some kind of, that makes them such a good person, like that makes them an amazing human being. And it's like, you shouldn't be just proud of the fact that you didn't assault someone. That should be normal. No man should be expecting like a medal for not assaulting a woman. Why is it that they think they're so kind and so caring for not assaulting women? It shouldn't be something that we have to expect from all men. And if you don't assault women, then therefore you're the good guy. I think in life, not everyone's going to be the same. And there are so many cases of murder things. That's why there's a police force. But I think it's because for the male population, to a large extent, it is normal to do these things to women. And whilst a lot of these men don't believe that it is sexual assault or anything like this, maybe they're just complimenting the woman. 
that's just a misconception that some men, I'm not going to say all men, but some men have, and they believe that it's normal. So that's why some men think that, you know, they're doing such a good deed. They're such a good person for not assaulting a woman. And we need to change what the normal really is. I think a lot of these anti-feminist movements arise due to lack of education. Feminism is not just about empowering women and making them better than men. Its main goal is equality between both men and women. And that's what a lot of men who take part in these sorts of social media campaigns misunderstand. If you say you're a feminist or you argue what they would view as a feminist viewpoint, you'll be labeled something like a femme Nazi or too radical or hyper woke as though it's a bad thing to be vigilant of real life issues. So how do you guys think that further progress can be made concerning gender equality or eradicating anti-feminist movements such as this? Well, I think that, to be honest, the most important thing is education, not just to the women to understand what this is all about, but mostly for the men. And especially what Amelie touched upon about the feminist movements, I really agree that a lot of people, a lot of men have misconceptions that being a feminist means, you know, we hate men, like women should be better, things like this. But really, it's because they don't understand that there is such a huge gap between men and women in our society that we're really just trying to narrow it and become on equal terms, even though a lot of men or even just a lot of people in our society don't see it like that and don't believe that women are subject to inequality in comparison to men. I agree. And kind of touching on what Tiffany said earlier was, I think she's definitely right in saying that we need to change the normal. Too many young boys think it's normal for them to behave in a certain way, which is sexual assault. They think it's normal to objectify women and to say things about their body when women don't want. And even if they actively say they feel uncomfortable, men think, oh, but we're just complimenting them. Young boys need to be taught, this isn't normal. This shouldn't be normal. And you should stop doing it. It's not a case of, oh, but everyone else says, well, they shouldn't do it. Can't be the normal anymore. But recently, I'm definitely glad that within the UK, the Everyone's Invited website has brought a lot of attention to boys in private schools who have done so many things to girls. And, you know, they've always been so scared to say it. And some are now telling their story years after they've graduated, things like this. So I think it is really bringing to light how unaware people are of the normal assault or how normal it is to be subject to these different types of assault by men. And the fact that on these websites, a lot of the time, these girls and boys go to the same school, they are acquaintances with each other and they work together, yet these things can still happen even though you think you can believe or trust in a guy that goes to your school because he was nice in a project but you know once you go to a party or something like that they really change and so it's very scary to think about do I really know this person is he nice or is he just pretending and maybe he'll do something to me in the future Building on Tiffany's point, there's a large toxic environment, especially in all boys' schools, where they think that it's okay to do whatever they want to women, as Naime was previously saying. And I think that websites like Everyone's Invited or other ones where it's not necessarily an expose a website, they're not there to shame the men and name them directly. 
But the stories on there are really horrifying. And if you ever get a chance to look at them, it really opens your eyes to the fact that this is a real issue. And even in schools, which you would deem to be where responsible boys go or boys that you can trust go, there's still a lot of underlying sexual violence, assault, stigma surrounding them. So I think we've had talked about some really interesting questions today. And I think it's very clear that within society, there's still a lot of issues that need to be solved. And I hope that in the future, a lot of the issues will be solved. But thank you all so much for listening and see you next week. Bye. Bye.